The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back here on Big Blue View for your continued off-season coverage for the New York Giants. We are doing our defensive free agent preview show as free agency is expected to kick off next week. Before we get to that, though, folks, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. Also, head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. Guys, let's get into this discussion today with starting off with technically the first free agent that has been signed to the defense for the New York Giants, and that is Leonard Williams, who was tagged and is expected to at some point they're trying to work towards a long-term deal. So that answered the question that we we proposed when we were talking about the defensive line and doing evaluation on them. He's now coming back. And we understand what that means. We understand that this is pretty much the one of the few big fish that they were going to be able to sign if they're even going to be able to sign anybody else. And I think the, the more important part that we need to hit on here is that now their cap is a complete mess unless they can move on from some other people because they're over the cap. Yeah, the uh, interesting thing, I mean, Nate Solder just came out. Did you guys read the, the piece that he ended up coming out with today? Yeah, yeah. it somewhat, somewhat vaguely alludes to the fact that he might not be a giant. Now, it doesn't come out and say that, but he says, you know, if a team wants me, I probably will play, which isn't really a ringing endorsement by any stretch of the imagination. But honestly, like, did any of us really expect Nick Solder to be back at this cap number? $16.5 million cap hit. I mean, I personally didn't. So I think moves are still going to be made and they're going to happen fast. I mean, March 17th is the deadline for all of these moves to happen. So the Giants can even have a possibility of resigning someone like Dalvin Tomlinson, which is looking more and more unlikely by the day. But I mean, Solder and Zeitler are both the the key pieces to this, to, to, to the uh, opportunity for the Giants to add anybody on the defensive side of the football through free agency. Yeah. You know, I just before we started recording, I took a look at the Giants cap number and with the salary cap set at 182.5 million and Leonard Williams uh, cap number at, under the franchise tag thrown in and the, I think 4 million or so the giants were able to roll over from last year. The giants are sitting at a salary cap of 185 and a half million dollars. Unfortunately, they are actually $8 million over the salary cap right now. They're also carrying 7.9 million in dead money. They are absolutely going to have to continue to make moves just to get themselves underneath the cap. 
with Williams. And maybe that could be working towards a long-term deal where they backload some of the money on Williams to lower his cap number this year. Maybe that could be restructuring contact contracts, even if, even though they might not want to, uh, but they have to make moves just to get under the cap. And then they have to make further moves to just be able to sign their rookie class, let alone getting to play in free agency. I think that's the the biggest issue. What you hit on with Leonard Williams is they need to get a long-term deal done. They can't do the whole uh, tag and play, and then we'll figure it out eventually. Because as you said, that $19 million number is going to be a complete cluster F for the cap, unless they can possibly, as you said, backload. And we were talking about before the show that Gettleman maybe isn't doesn't have a ton of affinity for doing that, but they need to work towards not having a huge hit this year and most of that contract being spread out through later years. Otherwise, again, if, if they're going to try and move on from Zeitler, they're going to try and move on from Nate Solder, but this is also a crucial piece if they want to at least sign some free agents, maybe not any of the big fish that we're going to talk about in a second, but some of the mid-tier guys that are going to make your team better. Yeah, and you know we could probably get through the top-tier guys pretty quickly because that is a price bracket the Giants probably are not going to be able to play in unless they get really creative with their contracts. Which Gettleman, I mean, he kind of addressed it in his press conference of how he likes to give these flat contracts. Now he doesn't like to kind of kick the proverbial can down the line. To me, that's somewhat troublesome because we've seen teams like the Eagles and the Saints do that. And yes, the Saints, I mean, the Eagles, it's kind of come to roost for them, but that's also because they allocated a large portion of their cap to a quarterback that they just traded. And as for the Saints, I mean, we all thought the Saints were going to be in cap hell since what, like 2014. And then they go and they give Jarius Bird the biggest safety contract. And then they every year they just restructure guys like Demario Davis and Cam Jordan, which they just did this year. And now they just franchise tagged Marcus Williams. They've just been kicking this can down the line with Drew Brees' contract on their books. We have a rookie quarterback contract on our books. So that's something that's somewhat troublesome to me about Dave Gettleman if he's not going to be flexible with these contracts. Yeah, and that's something the Dallas Cowboys do as well. You know, the, the Cowboys and the Saints, I think, are the biggest uh, can kickers where it seems like they're carrying a $40 million contract effectively every year. And they somehow make it work. They make signings. They're able to retain guys or add guys. Now for the Cowboys, that hasn't exactly worked out record wise for them, but the saints have certainly been able to make it work. So guys, let's get into talking about these high priority players. And we've already mentioned this, that it's probably not highly likely that they're going to be able to sign some of these big name players that are going to command 15 or more million dollars in free agency. But I think it's at least worth talking about because crazier things have happened. There's a possibility that you could sign one of these guys uh, to a reasonable contract. I'm not saying that it's likely, but there's a possibility. So that's why we want to mention some of these bigger names. And the big emphasis here for these high priority players you're not going to go out and spend a ton of money on a second corner. It's just that would be silly when there's other needs that they need to address. Same thing could go for a second inside linebacker uh, to play alongside Blake Martinez. I think in this instance here, we have to talk a lot about edge, and I feel like the names that continue to circulate that could work for this defense are Matt Judon, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, who was not tagged. They tagged Chris Godwin instead, Yannick Ngakwe, and then also Hassan Reddick, who was also not franchise tagged. So out of these guys, is there anybody that catches your uh, catches your eye that maybe there's a possibility they could get lucky or you would just like to see them somehow become a New York Giant? First, Firstly, from a contractual standpoint, 
due to everything going on with COVID, the salary cap now being set at, I believe it's what, 182 and a half million. Yes. yes. Hopefully, and it would make sense that a lot of these high priced free agents are going to be looking for one to two year deals, quote unquote, prove it if you want, but say they're 27, 28 years old, they still want to get another bite at that free agent Apple in two years. So maybe they're not going to be commanding these massive long-term type of contracts. That could work to the Giants' advantage. I'm not overly optimistic about it, but I felt like it needed to be acknowledged. And if I had to highlight one of these free agents that really interests me, I think it would be Hassan Reddick. Six foot one, 235 pounds, not overly tall or anything like that, but he's 26 years old, coming off of an incredibly good season where he had 56 pressures. 10 of them were against the Philadelphia Eagles. Seven of them were against the New York Giants in consecutive weeks, but he's still a versatile player who was somewhat miscast in the defense before Vance Joseph came in and started using him much more on the edge in 2020. And that's where he kind of had his success. He was more of an off-ball linebacker before that. So Hassan Reddick is somebody that definitely catches my mind or my my attention. And I also think that he's a player that might come at a little bit of a discount to someone like a Matt Judon and a Shaq Barrett, who I believe is probably going to return to Tampa Bay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Shaq Barrett stay in Tampa. Uh, they found him. He- he played a huge role in their success over the last two years. So I, I don't see him leaving. I'm I'm right there with you on Hassan Reddick. I I really loved him coming out of Temple. I thought he would have more success than he did in that off-ball linebacker role. But he is an edge. Yeah, he might be a little bit smaller, but that's fine. OCU Manure was a little bit smaller. Elvis Dumerville was a little bit smaller. Those guys were plenty effective. Reddick is a fantastic athlete. And his ability to occasionally drop into coverage, he does have that experience at off-ball linebacker, even though that is not the spot for him. Yeah, that could come in handy for Patrick Graham's blitz schemes. However, uh, Arizona did just sign J.J. Watt. They're going to be getting Chandler Jones back healthy. I could see them making a real run at keeping Hassan Reddick and you know maybe getting a really dynamic dangerous pass rush that could be four deep with Reddick and Chandler Jones and now J.J. Watt and Marcus Golden playing opposite that offense with Kyler Murray. That could be a really scary team. And you know, they've got a rookie quarterback contract as well to play with. Yeah, I think maybe looking at Juden and Ngakwe as, you know, maybe cross your fingers just because of their experience in that Baltimore defense, which is very multiple, uh, very creative and it does have some similarities at least in the front seven with what the giants like to do and i i think we're on the same page here with hassan reddick being the best candidate and some might argue does he fit in high priority or does he fit in the medium tier one you could argue either way because there's a chance that somebody just doesn't want to lose out on the opportunity to get Hassan Reddick and they throw him a big contract or because of the cap situation, as a lot of people have said, these mid-tier guys being willing to sign for very short-term deals for less money so they can prove themselves and then hit the market when things are starting to go back to normal, possibly next year. But I like the thought of Hassan Reddick because, as we said, smaller guy, team might, teams might not be willing to bank on someone who's only really had one season of being an edge rusher. And that could be a perfect scenario and a typical, almost like last year's free agency group, where bringing in a guy who's undervalued, maybe not as highly talked about, and then brought into a defense that fits his skill set, he could possibly shine. So I think Hassan Reddick is a name that we're all going to be paying close attention to um, and that we're all in agreement would be a really good fit, potentially, this, this current free agent period. 
Absolutely. We're going to talk about some of the, the medium tier guys. Uh, before we do, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I, I believe the medium group here is probably the most likely for someone to be signed from. And continuing on with talking about these edge players, some of the names that could stand out that could be willing to sign for very short deals, Jadevion Clowney. Olivier Vernon, Leonard Floyd, Romeo Aquara, and then another interesting one, which I think we've mentioned before, is Carl Lawson. So again, same thing as before. Realistically, these guys are going to be easier to sign, but who of this group really catches your eye the most? I honestly think Carl Lawson will be getting a big deal. I think he should be in the other tier. And I also wanted to bring Bud Dupree up and get to really acknowledge him. He's in the first tier. Coming off of a torn ACL, I really think he's somebody who brings that just effective nature against the run. He can drop into coverage when asked, incredibly athletic, and he just developed mightily over the last two years in Pittsburgh. I really think he would come in and mesh really well with what Patrick Graham would ask him to do. So I really wanted to acknowledge him, go back to that. And Carl Lawson, I think he's a high priority type of free agent, to be real. He just has such an array of pass rushing moves, and I think he would be an excellent addition. He's not necessarily someone who drops into coverage as much. He's much more of an upfield type of guy, pass rusher, who can play the run a little bit as well. But uh, I would say he's a high priority dude as well. Chris, would you agree with me there? Uh, yeah, I, I do see Lawson getting have I do see him having kind of a robust market once everything fully opens up. Yeah, in this medium free agent tier, the two guys that actually jump out of me are the former Giants, uh, Vernon and Okwara. Uh, Vernon, he stepped up when Miles Garrett got hurt or when Miles Garrett went down with COVID this past year, and I believe he did finish the season injured. It was a ACL, but yeah, he, he finished the season injured. But when he was on the field, he did produce, and he didn't get a ton of sacks, only seven. But uh, Brandon Thorne, who we all know, a really great guy when it comes to the play in the trenches, he examined every sack by edge rushers this year. And Olivier Vernon was one of the best at creating high-quality sacks, basically working his own way to the quarterback and not really relying on coverage, getting there quickly and getting them in high leverage situations. And then Romeo Aquara, you know, he is still young, 26. He's big. He's strong. He's pretty athletic. And he was actually tied with TJ Watt for the highest pass rush win rate against playoff teams this year. You know, he, as Nick said in our, before we started recording, he kind of toiled in obscurity in Detroit, but he has developed into a good player since leaving the Giants. 
he was a solid player when he was here. Uh, that, as absolutely. Well, as well. I thought he was always a little bit undervalued because yeah, the Giants I, didn't invest a I, lot in him. I still don't know why they kept Kareem Martin over Romeo Okwara. I know it, Martin was Betcher's guy, but still. It all comes down to relationships, and Martin was Betcher's guy. But I do like that call. I know he's a bit heavier than some of the edge prospects that the Giants have at 274, but I think he would be versatile enough to where he can line up as a four-eye shade, a five technique in certain fronts for Patrick. I mean, he could figure and Patrick Graham could figure out how to utilize someone of his skill set, and he's still 25 years old. He's That's pretty darn young for a guy looking to go on his third team right now. It really is. And, you know, just a moment on that, you know, where do you line these guys up? I'm of the opinion that edge is edge. You know, I, I don't really nitpick between defensive end and outside linebacker anymore. The modern defenses are just too multiple. You know, the Seattle Seahawks really kind of started showing the way with, blending three, four and four, three concepts. And now teams switch back and forth on a down by down basis. You know, any one of these guys could be an outside linebacker, one play a four technique, another play a seven technique, another play back to outside linebacker. Uh, Then, you know, four point stance wide nine technique on third down. You know, any one of these guys can do it all. And, I think it really falls to the defensive coordinator to take the pieces he has and put them in position to play the best. So, you know, we spend, I think, a lot of time looking at, you know, does this guy fit Patrick Graham's scheme? But, you know, last year we saw him playing most of the season without a real presence on the edge. You know, how much of what we saw last year was just necessity being the mother of invention? What would he do if he had Olivier Vernon? to work with if the Giants still had Jason Pierre Paul to work with how much different would his scheme have looked now heading on some of the the, the cheaper guys and I, I think that this is also a category where we're going to see some random names thrown out there and and brought into the Giants as we saw last year but I think we're all on the same page here some of the bargain bin guys last year would make a lot of sense returning this year because it's easier to communicate with that relationship. They're probably not going to be much more expensive than they were last season because they know that being a lesser known free agent is going to be very, very difficult this year, especially as it was already difficult last year. And a lot, a couple of the names, the, the three that we, we brought up that I think make good sense to come back, uh, Kyler Fackrell, who went down with an injury and missed a bunch of time, but when he was healthy, he looked pretty good as a, a rotational player. Also could throw in um, uh, Jabal Sheard, who they signed and did a pretty good job midway through the season. And then the last one, hell, if they can't re-sign Dalvin Tomlinson, you might as well bring back Austin Johnson, who looked good in limited snaps. Heck, maybe if you in- increase his role and he's going to be way cheaper than Dalvin Tomlinson, not as good of a player, he could still play at a, a starter quality level and just get the job done and focus on some of the more premier positions instead of trying to bring back Dalvin Tomlinson. It's an option, but I, I question how effective he would be in that two-gapping role over the nose. I know he was he spelled there uh, sometimes for Dalvin Tomlinson, but on a consistent basis, that would be, like you said, much cheaper, but the effectiveness would obviously be a lot less, and you'd have to weigh the pros and cons there. There's another name that just kind of came to my head. I didn't put it in the doc, but uh, Malcolm Butler, who was just released by the Tennessee Titans, may have a relationship with Patrick Graham and Joe Judge, but we don't know how stable that relationship is because – 
I mean, he was benched during a Super Bowl for some off the field type of things that wasn't necessarily disclosed to the public, but that could, I guess you could say, hinder or just affect how Joe Judge views him for, uh, for the team and the culture. But I still think just because they have a previous relationship, it's a name to bring up and the fact that Giants kind of have a slight hole to cornerback two right now, and he could definitely compete with Julian Love and Isaac Yitam. Yeah, and just one more that, I, again, what wasn't on my radar while we were in our uh, when we were talking before we started recording. Uh, Solomon Thomas, yeah, he's coming off an injury, yes, but he's 25 years old. He's hitting free agency, and I'm looking, and Spotrack is actually only anticipating about a three-year, $15, $15.5 million contract for him. Now, you know, Five million, five and a half million a year is nothing to sneeze at, but the type of player he is capable of being, yeah, that could be a very good value to look at. Now, I'm not sure if that falls in the medium or bargain bin tier, but you'd have to see what happens, you know, with that injury. Solomon Thomas, yeah, he was one of the uh, guys who went down on MetLife's turf when San Francisco came and had a triage unit set outside MetLife Stadium because they all got hurt during that Jets game. But uh, I think that's a good call, Chris. I mean, he kind of underwhelmed, I guess you could say. He was a third overall selection back in 2017. Why not take a shot on some upside with a 25-year-old coming off an injury? Yeah, and that might be the kind of thing the Giants look at if they want to really play in free agency this year. So next week, free agency is supposed to start in the middle of the week. And as soon as that hits, we will be doing some reaction shows. Uh, however quickly we can get them out, we'll figure out the proper pacing for that. But uh, this is basically all we have for the previews. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. We're excited to see who could be some of the new New York Giants this upcoming free agency period. And stay tuned for our thoughts on what those moves are and how they're going to impact the Giants going forward. Folks, be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a five star review. Head to BigBlueView.com and also follow us on social media at BigBlueView on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. Talk to you soon.